Hey guys, this is Teresa from You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast you're listening to right now. And this is a special edition from the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas. Very excited because this is a special um, thing we've never done where I have multiple comedians on one episode telling quick, short interviews uh, and confessing things. And there's so much great stuff. I'm so excited to share it with you. And this is all made possible by Permanent Record Studios. Um, Thank you so much for donating the studio to this podcast. Um, and to this festival and I just want to thank them I thank Grant Davis at the studios and also thank Ruby Woman at Out of Bounds Festival for making this possible so all right enjoy the show you can tell her you can tell her anything she's a real good listener you can tell I'm so excited for this guest because she is the reason I am here and we are here in this studio and all the people you've heard on this podcast or will hear are here. Wow, I can't talk. She's the director of the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival in Austin um, and I met her in LA. She's so funny, so lovely. Ruby Willman, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on here. I know you have a very busy weekend, so it's even more, I, I'm even more impressed that you would take the time to do this. Oh, no, absolutely, for <laughs> sure. It's it's important to take the time um, c- during the festival to connect and hang with the talent because if I, if it, Ooh, if I'm I, a talent. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that talent um, it's what it's all about it's a you know community oriented festival that's about celebrating and and making new friends so that's so cool and um, how so you started this festival no so the festival's going on 17 years oh wow okay. so I would have been yes. like 11 uh-huh. <laughs> um, a guy named Jeremy Sweetlam started the fest 17 years ago it was just kind of his friends uh, uh-huh. one out of town troupe that they kind of they, they say they kind of tricked them into coming down That's from funny. Oklahoma um, and it was one night one stage and so now 17 years later it's seven days seven yeah. stages it's huge I took it over three years ago I started volunteering in the festival seven years ago oh cool so it's still been um, honestly like the m- most constant thing in my adult life uh-huh. That's <laughs> is so the cool. Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. Well, you've done a great job. I've Thank had you. a great time, met a lot of great people, and more good times to come. Great. Um, speaking of uh, uh, just being open and connecting, is there anything you'd like to tell me? Yeah. Um, so I had a little boyfriend when I lived in Peru. Oh, okay. Um, and no one really knows that. Uh, because I was engaged at the time, and it was Whoa. fine. Like, uh, so my mar- my my marriage was open, okay, uh, in like a very healthy way. But the reason why I don't talk about my Peruvian boyfriend was because it was like our first time, like really, like we were open, but then that was the first time we like actually, yeah, like, you're testing it. We're testing it. Turns out that when you're living a continent away from your fiance, it's not the right time to try that for the first time. When were, uh, how long did you live in Peru? I lived in Peru and Ecuador for nine months. Okay. And um, For I had, work? Or? No, I was in college and I hated it. I love learning, but like going to school was the worst for me. So I just, I lasted two years and then I just bought a one-way ticket to Peru and I dropped out and I flew to Peru. Wow. Uh, and it was great. I like, hitchhiked and r- rode on cow trucks to different Whoa. towns. And I worked in, um, I taught English in this one nonprofit for a while. And then I like go live at a hostel and hear from one person about a farm and then I'd go uh-huh. to that farm and wow it was great it was a Free huge spirit. adventure oh yeah total wanderlust <laughs> Ama- if I could just travel and be a nomad I would 100% how did your fiance that. feel about you just being like I'm, I have a one way ticket yeah so somewhere. I had bought it before we met oh okay. and so we started dating and I thought we were in a friends with benefits mm. and then one day he said I love you and I like it was how long into <laughs> dating about six weeks whoa yeah okay, that's and soon. I I like thought he was gonna say something like hey I, I want to maybe like take things like maybe we could try casually dating instead of just <laughs> casually having sex wow. and then he said I love you and I was like oh um 
thank and God then, for this one-way ticket I yeah. got. <laughs> yeah, um, he was wonderful. He was a he was an amazing partner, and we're no longer together. And so, it, and then that also is one reason why I don't even tell people we were open because people immediately think that that's why we oh, broke that's up. Why. But it was actually a really healthy part of our relationship. What did you say back when he said I love you? Um, I think I stared at him <gasps> and was like, "What?" Um. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. And then he was embarrassed. Like it was just like this. I was just so caught off guard. I said I love genuine... you to a guy after two years of like kind of being in a casual, but like serious, but casual thing. And he said, "That's nice to hear." <laughs> <laughs> so. What did you do when he said that? I didn't say. I just said you don't have to say it back. I just wanted you to know. Oh, you know what? That's what he said. He when I didn't say, he was just like, you don't have to say it back. I just wanted to tell you. That's what he did. Yeah, say. I he, mean, because what else can you do? Silent. Yeah, no, that's, that's all. That I mean, it's it still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But so. six weeks is a little crazy. Yeah. It's sudden. I mean, we got married. So. Well, there you go. And then we broke up. But. So. That's all okay. right. But you, you just know. got to get to things faster. <laughs> we, we, you we expedited. Got, we got, yeah, we hit all those milestones. So this boyfriend in Peru, yeah. uh, tell me more about him. Yeah, so his name was Martin. Okay. Um, he was taking my English class, and he was just super sweet and super cute. Uh-huh. And um, I, like, lived this incredibly, like cliche thing with him like okay we would go to the like there was this one time that we took a bus to the beach and there was this festival so like we were just day drinking and laying in the sand and watching like volleyball teams and just like very 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 like there was like people with south american instruments it was just a fiesta mm-hmm. for sure but then we missed the last bus to go back oh okay and so it's like 9 p.m. We're still like, we're kind of sobering up. I'm in a bathing suit with like a little like, you know, piece of fabric around mm-hmm. my waist. And he's shirtless in these baggy shorts carrying a guitar. <laughs> and we're walking down these cobblestone streets, like knocking on doors, asking if we can like sleep on the <laughs> floor of these strangers, like, you know, little pueblos and, uh, pueblos and like, it was it was amazing and like someone led us into their house and like walked us to the back and it was almost wow. like the the their like back house was falling apart we're like walking around rubble and they <sighs> open this little door that can't even open all the way so this is wooden door we walk in and there's a bunk bed it's like a picturesque <laughs> little movie <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was it was such a, a, a it was almost disgustingly cliche <laughs> of a south american <laughs> and um, were you using titles like boyfriend with him, or was it just like no? It was just this. It was just, but it was also like just like him and me. I sure. mean, to my knowledge, right? And you know that I think there's something about when you're traveling and people know you're only there for a short right. amount of time. Like you don't have to talk about it, but you're kind of like oh, this is a limited time, yeah. so I'll jump into it. Yes, and it felt like we just were completely allowed to go like totally just dive into it. And did you say? I love you to him. I didn't. <laughs> and also, to just be clear, he did not speak English. Okay. And I did not speak Spanish. Okay. But we, we communicated. It's easy to fall in love with someone when you don't have to get to know the real I them. Know, exactly. <laughs> we like would try to communicate in broken Spanish and broken English. And we were both very funny. But I think we were just projecting sure. like, what we wanted in each that other. That makes sense. Great. That's yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. And you never told the guy and how long did you guys because that was before you even got married yeah then you got married and, and my just to be clear like so we were engaged and then I my fiance did know like it was like hey you know we've always talked about how being open was something that we were very sure okay with like but he didn't want to know the details yeah he didn't really you know everyone's different so I live my life as like a polyamorous person mm-hmm. which is awesome it comes with a lot of assumptions like when someone finds out that I'm I'm open to being open and I'm poly and I'm like yeah more love they yeah. immediately are like oh well then let's have sex and then you're it's like, like mm, well that's wait not I still have means. like a bar like, yeah. I still have standards like, <laughs> right. and so then they think it's like a free for all <laughs> so there's like all these things but um, but with my ex like we were comfortable about it uh, he personally didn't really want to know all the details but mm-hmm. it's still uh, wasn't I think as I said 
even when two people are on board, doing it for the first time when you're a continent away, right? It's not. It leaves a lot of room for insecurity. Sure, of course. In. Yeah, because you can't see them. And sure, exactly. So. If they're not responding and the time zone's <laughs> off, you're like, are they with the boyfriend or right. are they just sleeping? Right. Don't know. I know, right? So um, it was not my, I would say, my, my best choice. But I don't necessarily regret it because I'll never have that experience again yeah sounds like a very memorable experience (laughs) well thank you for sharing that absolutely where can people find you oh um honestly i hardly (laughs) do social media because i'm not super an active i'm not like a crazy active comic anymore okay i'm like behind the scenes so i'm boring i'm like can i give you my email (laughs) (laughs) well you can find the festival (laughs) out of bounds comedy festival exactly um out of bounds comedy festival out of bounds comedy.com or oobfest so o-o-b as in boy fest.com you'll see all the info about the fest and we hope people you know learn about it and submit to it submissions-based process so we get 415 submissions uh we got that amount wow. last year um acceptance rate was like 20 percent. oh wow so it's a tough fest to get into but once you're in it's hopefully worth it and uh, yeah and then you can do your podcast here <laughs> exactly yes you can and you're in la so i did see i've seen you perform so That's i guess true, you're not, yeah. if you're not performing i do it very casually like yeah. i do it for fun um i'm my comeback from uh i come from an improv background and so in LA I just couldn't find the time to commit to the bonding required to do good improv like I was gonna do the Vegas trips yeah (laughs) Um, so I was like stand-up's perfect because I can just work on my sets and do shows when I want to and you know just be myself and I a little bit and it's been great I've loved it that's awesome well I thought you were very funny when I saw you oh thank you I appreciate it thanks for coming on thanks back with another guest. I'm very excited to have him on. I saw him perform at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. He's so funny. Uh, he's from New York City. He's a stand-up comedian. I'm not. I'm from oh, you're Portland. Not. Oh, wait. Okay, I got it wrong. That's okay. I'm sorry. I thought... No but you know worries. what? That's a, cause, that's a compliment because I... Not to be like people from Portland aren't funny, but I just feel like New York has a high standard of comedy, so I thought you were from New York. Uh, okay, let's go with so, that. Okay. I'm comfortable with But that. I also like Portland. <laughs> well, anyways, the voice you're hearing is Niraj Srinivasan. Yeah. And he hosts a podcast called Did We Solve It? Yes, I do. With a couple of other knuckleheads from Portland. Yeah, awesome. I'm sorry I got that wrong. Now I feel like an idiot. That's okay. I should have paid more attention. I mean, there are like a million guests on this podcast. Okay, well, you mixed up my city. Uh, I talked to a comic <laughs> yesterday, and she thought I was a totally different brown guy. Oh, no. And she was like, oh, I liked your joke about skiing. And oh, I was boy. like, I would have a joke about skiing <laughs> and this actually happens in Portland a lot like I don't know if it's just because there's so many white people and it's like easy to mix up you uh-huh. know minorities but uh, there's one Indian comic named Milan Patel and then there's a Libyan comic named Mohanad El Shiki and all three of us have been mixed up for each other really? multiple times and we don't look and you guys alike. don't do shows together because we don't do shows together we one time we did a show together we did it uh, me and Milan did a guest spot on Mo's show and Milan got on stage and he's like yeah the three of us are never on a lineup because when we get together it's called the insurgency no. it's weird I have a twin so all my life I've gotten people mix, mixing me up so mm-hmm. I'm used to it so it didn't used to be a race thing but then people I've noticed as I got older will get weird about mixing my twin and I up because like they'll be like oh. I didn't want to say but do you have like a twin and then they would be like uh, like they I don't, don't want to risk it being a race yes, thing. Yes, exactly. And then it's not. And I'm like, how yeah. can you? You can't be that deaf. Like we look the same. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that, right? Like <laughs> that's that's white trauma. But it's so funny. They're so afraid. It's like, yeah. I might not say something. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Just because I mean, it sucks. You know, it's because it, it, obviously most of the time it happens, it's like a pretty innocent thing. But I think it's like I've had so many people come up to my face and be like, you know, you're exactly like Aziz and Sorry. Like really, I'm exactly oh God, like Aziz yeah. and Sorry. Huh. Really. <laughs> exactly. Like, I wonder huh? what makes you say hmm. that. That's funny. Um, yeah, I I feel like the only time it's okay, not that it should be okay, but it's, I feel like the time that I, when I get people mixed up, um, when I feel like it's not like a race thing, is when it's actors who are like typecast. Because I do think, well, like, okay, let me explain. So like sometimes you'll have like, a, you know, like a Jeremy Renner type mm-hmm. and then a, a Matt Damon. Like the movies, they get right, casted. Right, right, right. I don't, for the record, I, I can tell those two apart and I don't think they look alike, but mm-hmm. I just mean like sometimes when dads or whatever are 
like getting actors mixed up and let's say it's like a black person this is hard I guess because often it is you know what I take it back because maybe it is racism but in my mind I like to think it's like with actors and movie roles sometimes mm-hmm. you get people mixed up because they're in similar roles and they're actually literally as actors trying to go for the same role so they right, start to right. make themselves similar I actually one time on the podcast on Did We Solve It I mixed up Fareed Zakaria and uh what is it Deepak Chopra like I, I was thinking about Fareed Zakaria but I said Deepak Chopra and yeah. uh, like my white co-host never let me forget it he like <laughs> stood up and he's like boom you would never forgive me if I did that and I was like yeah that's I guess funny. that's true damn but it still feels innocent yeah I mean I go into auditions and I see people who look like me because mm-hmm. we're trying to go for the same role and we're dressing all like you know hipster barista and I'm like I can't tell us apart like <laughs> that's I was talking to someone about this before like there's not a lot of uh, you know South Asian actors in mm-hmm. the, the Northwest. Uh, so usually, uh, especially if it's in Portland, like I'll see a lot of the same like brown dudes going in for the stuff that I'm going in, and I'll yeah. look at the audition notes, and it specifically says uh-huh. male, you know, 17 to 36, uh, any ethnicity, non-white. You know what I mean? So I like okay, I know why I'm here, and it's uh, it's fine when I get it, but at the same time, like there's a there's a there's some bitterness peppered in because it's like yeah. oh, man, you guys brought me in because I'm brown. We gotta stop doing that, saying no whites because white people are getting mad at us and it's like they don't see the bigger picture which is like we're still going in to fill a token Mm -hmm. but now we also get their rage so it's like casting directors stop writing no whites allowed because now you're giving white people fodder to be like what would you say if it's a no Asian allowed and it's like well we'd be mad but also the reason it says no whites allowed is because it inherently or implicitly says no Asians allowed (laughs) when you don't say it but like you can't say all that so it's like stop saying that just just know it yeah or just say we're looking for Diverse, or I don't know. I can. Can you say diverse? People are being. I've heard some pretty like. I I kind of like side with my white friends, not like in that they shouldn't that they shouldn't cast diverse because I think they should but I mm-hmm. do sometimes hear the things that they get told in castings and I'm like you can't just tell somebody we don't want a white guy because you can't say that you can't say that to a white guy like yeah, he's yeah. gonna be upset and also you can, like I don't want even if you don't want tall people like it just don't say like we don't want you like just say well, we are looking for something else or we went with a different direction right I think the assumption is that if you don't say it it'll probably be all white people no like, but I, where they're saying it to I've heard white people get that because the casting director thinks oh, this will make them feel better because it'll be like you get it like we can't cast you because you're white it's like really? no because then you're not being treated equally you're kind of getting the wink and the nod like oh, we gotta cast these brown people yeah so we would give be us this you, one yeah but you and know, it's like, racism don't treat them like that treat yeah. them. just say we went in a different direction and just actually want the brown person or whatever like don't just say like we have to that's definitely like, <laughs> it's like, like more couth you yeah. know what I mean just have a little subtlety in there yeah anyways so stop doing that anyways <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the reason I'm here <laughs> what the re- why are you here Niraj what would you like to tell me oh man uh, so I, I thought about this a lot and I'm realizing that I'm a, a pretty like I don't know I'm not a very emotionally deep person because mm-hmm. I, I wow like, what a surprise a comedian <laughs> who's not emotionally deep yeah I'm not I'm missing a lot of uh, feelings but um, I like the stuff that's like hard on me emotionally I feel mm-hmm. like I don't have any trouble talking about on stage so a lot of it's either been material or like been scratched that I've like tried to work on sure and like the stuff that's like secrets like and that you know like I think about when I'm like brushing my teeth you know what I mean uh-huh. like that stuff it's just really mundane <laughs> you know unimportant it's just dumb shit uh, the, the one that I wanted to tell and this isn't something I've ever told on stage but I've only shared this secret with like a handful of people uh, it's a really embarrassing story and I'll think about this when I'm like driving, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in college, I think it was my senior year in college, um, I just got off work. Uh, I used to be the the replay guy for the Jumbotron for all the football oh, games. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I just got off work, and it was it was like a dad's weekend or something like that. And uh, yeah, I, I believe it was dad's weekend. Um, so, you know, the town is a buzz. Like, I went to Washington State, so it's a small town, so anytime there's like an influx of population, there's, you know, people party. Yeah. Um, and this girl that I was kind of like, you know, interested in at the time, Mm-hmm. and like we, we definitely clicked but she had a boyfriend so there was just like this weird like tension between us uh, but we were friends uh, she was in Pullman and she was like pretty drunk she's like hey I'm at this bar like you should come hang out I was like okay sure 
So I uh, I went there and you know like we had drinks and we're just like basically like kicking it all night and uh, it's closing time so the lights come on and it's it's a crowded bar full of people right and they're sure. like all right cl- clear out the dance floor folks so you know we're we're walking out and she's holding my hand and we're trying to like navigate through the crowd uh, yeah she was holding my left hand and I remember uh, I lost her for a second and we're pretty okay. drunk right so it's it's not the weirdest thing in the world like you lose people in a crowd and I'm like trying to like see where she is so I just kind of reach back in the crowd and I grab a hand and okay. I like lock fingers with it you know what I mean like yeah like the yeah like where you're like when you clasp yeah like, yeah yeah you put your fingers like like open you know. the church here all the people yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the first part of that before you open the church um <laughs> And then I realized, I'm like, wow, this is this hand is bigger than I remember. Huh, it's pretty <laughs> rough too. This is a man's hand, oh, and man. I immediately like pull away. Uh, but this, I, like, whoever this guy was, it was uh-huh. just some big white dude. <laughs> like, obviously, this must have been really weird for him. It was just random stranger reached out and grabbed his hand. Yeah, and he turns around and it's some dude. <laughs> so it, immediately, like, he and you felt, guys looked at each other. We looked at each other, and he realized that it was me. And I just kind of looked away. But then he was like, "You held my hand!" Like. He like pointed at me in front of all these people. He's like, you held my hand. You held my hand. And everyone turns around and looks at me like just waiting for a response. And I was just like, what? What are you talking about? What? Me? Dude, you're crazy. And like, I just, I kept denying. I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. And everyone looked at him now. Like, what's your problem, dude? He says he didn't, like, I don't think anyone held was he your like hand. Was he like a bro dude? He was like a real bro dude. Like the, the homophobia was in oh, the air. No. You know what I mean? So I just made him feel super weird because like, obviously... It's weird that I'm a dude that reached out into a crowd and held a man's hand who didn't want his hand held. But who also didn't know a me. misunderstanding that could have very easily been yeah, but this explained is away. 21-year-old, <laughs> I mean, for the lack of a better term, men, but really we were still super <laughs> immature we're in college you know what I mean like it's at a bar it's like a, a clubby kind of bar so like the testosterone is you know yeah. everyone's still trying to look all macho and some dude held your hand like it, it, I can see how that feels like, emasculating oh, you, I can't believe you, you held my hand like that's weird right <laughs> but it's even weirder to be the guy at a bar accusing another dude of holding your hand yes that's true so he was like <laughs> fighting really hard to like clear his name uh, as the guy who accuses oh dudes to hold, of holding his hand I was just like dude you're crazy and like I just obviously like it was uh-huh. over in that moment you know what I mean like we walked out of the bar and the girl was like oh you know what happened back there I was like I don't know some guy was yelling at me like I didn't tell her about uh-huh. it until I mean I think maybe like six months ago we were talking and I told her about that oh you're still with her we're not I'm not with her we're just friends now oh, okay, uh, okay she lives in LA uh, I actually visited a couple weeks ago and I stayed on her couch like we're just you know you didn't try to hold her back. hand. I didn't try to hold her hand. Uh, <laughs> I didn't try to hold any man's hand. It was just a, a, a sans hand holding trip to Los Angeles. <laughs> but that, for some reason, like I think about that guy, and like the, like I could have handled that a million ways better. I could be like, all right, I'm sorry, man. I thought you were my girl. You know what I mean? Like I could have said yeah. something to mitigate. And I was actually telling my friend Milan about this. Like the, this is probably the first person I've told this story to. This was maybe three or four years ago. We were driving somewhere to do stand up, and he laughed his ass off. And he's like, dude, I'll tell you what, it feels weird because you're growing like that's what growth feels like that's true you know and anytime like I think about that because I get anxious about really dumb shit like that Mm -hmm. all the time Uh, and anytime I'm uncomfortable with my memories which is really weird to say uh, I try to think of it like okay this cringy feeling is is me my brain letting itself know like don't don't do that shit again you know what I mean like I would never handle that situation the same way that's so interesting I I mean not not that this is painful but I was just thinking about this because I'm like pain for me is like a way to painful memories Mm -hmm. a way to learn and I was just like I just kind of been thinking about uh, this lately because I've been like kind of like dealing with trying to move on from things is that pain is a lesson mm-hmm. you gotta learn it so if you yeah, feel it yeah. you gotta listen to it but or cringing whatever whatever it may be sub pain with embarrassment or anxiety I think it's your body's way of letting you know like ooh this I learned something here you think like this is what yeah I don't know I if that's true, do you think cave people, like when they were bad at making a fire, they would just like go and like hide in their cave and just like, I just want to be by myself for a while and just draw yeah. on the cave walls? Well, it's interesting that you've still thought about this little moment because I think it's it's true. Like you maybe didn't, maybe now you would have handled differently. Yeah. And, uh, and somehow we get hung up on like, oh, I wish I could go back. But it's like the thing is to know and then move forward. Right. It, I think what bothered me so much was that it like, 
obviously that guy was not at a state of maturity to like <laughs> deal with it but like neither was I you know what I mean like right. I wasn't grown up enough to be like dude honest mistake like did it bother you that you lied and got away yes. with it yes sometimes I, I think, think getting away with a lie is worse than just lying yeah cause you're like oh I well, tricked everyone and I don't really want to trick everyone I mean even if I just tricked everyone that's okay but I tricked everyone and threw him under the bus uh-huh. so he looked like an asshole walking out of that room <laughs> in a different way than when he walked in like I don't know if he ever he ever thinks about that but the fact that like I don't know I, I sort of sacrificed this person in order to preserve yeah. my my image as a, as a normal human being I'm gonna give you a chance to absolve yourself from responsibility why don't you say an apology to this guy if you want to I, I'm very comfortable doing that dear bro <laughs> Uh, sorry I held your hand man uh, and I'm sorry I lied about it it was an honest mistake uh, I was shit faced and uh, I was trying to impress this girl by showing her that I'm not weird with intimacy and that <laughs> she should leave her boyfriend because I will listen to her and treat her better and in that moment that's all I was thinking about and I wasn't thinking about the fact that maybe your friends would think you're weird for accusing some little dude <laughs> of holding your hand so I'm sorry wow I absolve you of all responsibility on, on you are forgiven guy, on behalf you. of the yeah, bros I appreciate it I speak for the bros well thank you, you so much for, for sharing bros. that thank you for having me yeah. where can people find you uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at near and loathing that's n-e-e-r and loathing um, I'm also a co-host of did we solve it the podcast uh, based in Portland where three ignorant comedians try to solve racism so please check that out awesome thank you, yeah, thank you. hey guys I'm really excited for our next guest she is our first international guest on this comedian like literally flew in from a different country she's a stand up comedian in Shanghai and the only active female comedian in both Chinese and English it is Nora Yang. Oh, hi everyone. Hi, it's Nora from China. From yeah. China, Shanghai, China. Yeah, yes. not the other Shanghai. No, no. Um, how how are you liking Austin? I love it. I love it. It's that it's a bit too hot. Like I want to mm-hmm. walk around and see. Isn't China hot too? I feel like Shanghai was really hot when mm, I was there. But in Shanghai, I don't have to explore everywhere because I grew up in Shanghai. Oh, okay. But here, I want to explore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm just gonna go to Starbucks. And That's funny. Coffee. Yeah, there's a lot of malls in Shanghai that you can. Yeah. just go in the air, air, air conditioning high from the heat yeah but yeah but well that's so good I'm glad you're enjoying your time yeah. uh, and you went to school out here and started doing stand-up out here no actually not not in Austin but in America no, no oh no. no yeah so a uh, quick story is that I was working in Hong Kong and then I went to a show it's them comedian show and then uh, the comedian he was a white guy and then he said something he was like any Chinese in the house and I was like yay <laughs> and I was the only one who raised my hand so he's like I'm gonna do a racist anyway so he did oh. a joke and then after the show everybody laughed and after the show we did an after party I went there with my friend in the audience and then he came over and said hey the girl from China right stand up is all about an art uh, so it's it's not I tried not to be offensive, so don't <sighs> take it seriously. Uh, and my friend was like, when I was drunk, I kind of dissed him back <laughs> in a very funny way, which I cannot remember at all. Uh-huh. So the guy was like, you should try it on open mic. And that's how I started. But back then, <laughs> I was already moved back to Shanghai. Uh-huh. So I tried it when I was in Shanghai. That's so funny. A mediocre white male comedian was trying to explain oh, why he, he's trying to explain why he's yeah. funny well, oh he, he's not he mediocre he did get a lot of laughs so I wouldn't say yeah, he's but, mediocre but mm, it's just but the whole you, thing that like, did you think he was funny because I'm not asking if the other racists in the room thought he was funny but then I was just like oh my god I want to be that person too I'm going to this other countries I need to but that's the thing I feel yeah. like when people are used to being able to just talk to people who have the same viewpoints as them they think things are funny and they go for the easy laugh and he clearly felt uncomfortable making that joke because he came up to you after which is a sign that he probably wasn't that funny because the thing is you can make jokes about race Mm -hmm. and be funny but if you're insecure about your jokes and you have to explain it you're probably not funny so I bet he went for an easy joke and I bet it made him feel nervous because he's like oh I did something hacky now this girl Uh is gonna see through me and I better explain it but he wouldn't have done that if you weren't in the room so Asian people we gotta go watch more comedy shows I know I know we should (laughs) I don't want to be the only person who's yelling in the crowd yeah well that's such a cool origin story because it's it really comes out I mean I feel like it's a good metaphor for being (laughs) Asian Asian 
Asian woman of color, no, a woman of color <laughs> in comedy, because like you're kind of fighting an uphill battle, and like from the very beginning you were fighting it before you even started. Like you were made fun of in a room that you were just trying to enjoy some stand up. Yeah, I have tons of story about that. Like the first time when I ever tried stand up, um, I was on stage, and then um, it was like the audience is mostly like you know like expats, and mm-hmm. then all the lineup before me are like you know male. They're like expats, so I work walk up to stage, and then I prepare because I thought I'm a funny person in real life. So I walk up to stage and I'm like, <laughs> hey everyone, you heard a story from the other side of the world. It's all men. It's all white. Now it's a girl telling you from the other side of the world what's it like, and then all the audience just like looking super freaked out. They just like, you know, back, <laughs> they just have their like arms folded. And then I bombed for the first five minutes ever in my life. I went up off the stage and I was super disappointed. I was like, okay, I'm not a talent for this. And then the owner of the bar, like the Kung Fu Comedy, uh, he's an Australian guy. And oh, yeah, I've been there. Good club. He came to me and he's like, you did great. I was like, did you see how I scared those people? He's like, oh, but th- that's because you were too aggressive in the first minute. He's like, mm-hmm. stand up is all about making people like you and then say something offensive. So then they can take it. <laughs> if you yeah, it's all about tricking like, people. <laughs> exactly. Like you cannot just be like, hey, I'm going to fight. You have to like, hey, let's play a game and then fight them. Well, that's what he told me so later on I just you know walked my way out of that and then people get to like me even if I see something you know it's kind of like you know against them anyway. yeah but um, and it's yeah. a process and everybody bombs so that's it's good to get it out of your way in the beginning I mean it'll keep happening even yeah. top people bomb but the difference is when you're a minority people want you to fail mm-hmm. so when you fail you have farther to go to get back whereas like if you're a popular person and you fail people are like oh we'll forgive you yeah I mean I don't want to name names but there's certain people yeah. in the news right now that <laughs> <laughs> failed in a big way outside of comedy and are still being welcomed back so it's like you know, we just have further to go. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a very candid conversation mm-hmm. that I feel like we could have forever. But speaking of being candid, is there something yes. you'd like to tell me? So um, I just for the background, I'm a very not traditional, but I'm a very you know, I'm born in China, I raised up in China, and I never did anything super illegal. But uh, <laughs> I went to except for talk as a woman. No, I'm just kidding. I, know, <laughs> I know it's not like that in China. <laughs> <laughs> but um, last year, I went to Burning Man for the first time, and I accidentally oh, wow. tried four different type of drugs. Oh. Oh my god! At once? No, um, I want to spread of three days. Oh wow! And, um, so I was forced to because um, you I were be- forced to. No, not really forced. But I was tricked. Peer pressure. Because before I went to Burning Man, people were like, "Oh, are you going? Are you going there for drugs?" I'm like, "No, I'm going there for experience, <laughs> self development." Experience is a euphemism for drugs, but that's okay. <laughs> I know about that. So I thought I'm being like really candid, and I went there, and then um, I crashed a wedding party on the third day, and <laughs> the bride really liked me. And she was like, "Oh, <coughs> she's like, we really like you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. You're gonna join me." And she was like having some like you know gesture. I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about, man, but I grew up very well behaved. Uh-huh. You know, I never really." And she was like, "It's okay, you know, um, you're a little Chinese. I'm gonna give you one quarter of what I give other people." And I was like, "What does this do?" Because I'm a bit drunk too. She's like, "Oh, it only makes music sounds better and uh-huh. dance better." Uh-huh. And then she's really beautiful, and I tend to trust people who are beautiful. Oh so like, my okay, god! I never you. trust beautiful people. I trust you now, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, Thank I'm you. gonna do this. So I try like a bit of that, and it does help me, you know, dance better um, from the pictures and stuff. So Molly, probably. I think people told me later on it was ecstasy. Okay, so yeah. And then the next day, I was like, okay, I've done something really crazy. That's something check on my list. I don't have to do it anymore. And I went to hip hop camp and then a guy he's like from LA he danced really well after a couple of dances he's like okay I'm gonna l- let you try this mushroom I'm oh like, my okay, god sir, let me tell you a story you've never done drugs before this I've only tried weed like a little bit once but I didn't like it so I just yeah, that's not really a drug but okay, I mean it but is but it's hardly I, so you went from nothing yeah to ecstasy and yeah. mushrooms yeah and he told me it's also helping you to dance better uh, and he's also pretty good looking so uh, excuse me <laughs> but uh, I'm very weak to these people so I tried it and then I was like okay that's it because it's a oh plant it's a God. vegetable so I'm literally, literally being like environmental friendly here so I took it and after an hour I bumped into another group of people all very beautiful like uh-huh. European people and then um, after two hours they took me to the camp and then they were like oh we're gonna like refresh and then you know like power up <laughs> and the most beautiful girl walk up to me and say the horrible thing she's like do you want to try this and I told her the whole story was it acid um, that was MDMA okay so that's kind of that's Molly 
purer form of ecstasy. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they look different, but then people told me. Yeah, they yeah, are it's similar. like crystal. Yeah, yeah. And then not that I know. Like, I mean, I I'm from LA, so it's like I do know, but I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't do drugs, but okay, you're blinking but at I me. Have. But I, <laughs> uh, I have done them. I'm not gonna lie about that. Uh, I'm sober now. Okay, that's that's good to know. Um, but yeah, the girl just told me because I told her the whole story, and then she told me something I cannot resist. She was like, "Oh, do you know that mushroom and MDMA are like coffee and milk, but they go <laughs> best together?" Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." So wow. I just um, did it, and then after I did it, I did like um, having my head in the ice water thing, uh, like everything that I wouldn't do <laughs> when I'm sober. And then that so there's was a like, fourth one because that was just three. The third one, and then the. The next day, I was like, okay, I'm done with too many things. Now I'm not going to. So my way of getting out of like the whole drug trap is How are you feeling at this point? I mean, mushrooms takes a while to wear off. Well, so you were still yeah, mushroom plus MDMA because I took MDMA one hour after mushrooms. So oh I was like God. combining everything. But that day, I was like, really dancing really well. Like, <laughs> I don't remember anything yeah, else bet. crazy, but I'm dancing <laughs> really well. So, um, so the next day, I was like, okay, I was being too sober the days before. That's why I got trapped. So I get myself drunk by 5 p.m. and then I was like throwing up at 5 p.m. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I'm done with the day. So then a guy took care of me and then. Um, when I woke up, he was still there. He's like, honey, are you feeling all right? I'm like, thank you so much. Um, I think he's gay. He's like super, super sweet. So I didn't, you know, feel anything dangerous about him. And then he took me to the camp. And then uh, after like three hours of pure art appreciation, he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the camp. He's like, if you are a cool person, the camp owner will give you some acid. I was like, okay, oh my you need to listen to my story. <gasps> huh? And he's like, it's okay. Like, if you are not cool, he wouldn't even waste that money on you because that's very expensive. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to try my charm. So I went there, and a the guy looked at me. He's like, okay, you are in. He speaks really slow. I'm like, oh, no, sir. He's like, you are small Chinese. I'm going to give you one quarter, exactly whatever other people uh, tell me. Uh, uh. So I tried that, and then that only, th- I, th- I think the only thing that, as it does to me is that it kind of slows everything down uh-huh. and it exaggerates all your senses I've never so, done acid but it seems cool it's like if you have a small amount I don't think it does anything to me it doesn't even give you handover <laughs> the next day yeah so, it's like a sensory experience I'm so glad you are a very expert on that I don't have to explain more <laughs> I didn't do anything I mean I know a lot of comedians in LA so I know I've heard much about acid <laughs> cool but yeah but that was my story because um, I I think I only told my friends who are like born in US I didn't dare to tell all my Chinese friends because they will sure. freak out to know about it and my mom again she knows that I'm, I was on a yoga retreat to US she didn't know anything about that because uh-huh. so, my mom is a very traditional sure. mom they have a different well they're raised to think that drugs are like very yeah. evil yeah it's and a different mindset plus <coughs> Burning Man is about like you know all the festivals yeah, so being open and, and people are not yeah. wearing clothes so I have to yeah. lie to my mom it's a yoga retreat and I took people <laughs> took a picture of people in the daytime because back then they were sleeping in the tent it looks like they were meditating sure. so I just took a picture my mom's like oh they look like they're good people of oh course because they're drunk that's uh, funny <laughs> So um, I mean, yeah. they're good people in a different way, but yeah, it's just different values. Yes, sure. exactly. But that was my wow. And you most recent. Were, did you do drugs again after that, or you no, were like never, I'm good. never? That's the only time I would ever do it because I was <laughs> treated by beautiful people in a very <laughs> not modern society environment. I'm just making excuses for myself. It sounds like you did Burning Man right, though. That it's kind of a place to it's, go to open up to new experiences. Exactly. Like I think I tried a lot of new things which I, I'm glad I did it because I think everybody deserved to do it once in their life um, yeah. plus I went over myself so I get to explore whatever I'm interested to and then not being judged by anybody else so that was a good experience and how and you felt like you had a good time yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah well that's great thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome and thank you for having me and yeah. you should go Burning Man too um, yeah maybe one day <laughs> if you ever um, yeah if you ever come back to say something no I'd love to get you on a full episode Yay. where can people find you are you on uh, online I guess do you guys yeah. have Twitter there or you have Weibo I have VPN so VPN. I, oh, yeah. you can find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram yeah that's cool. pretty much it At what's the handle oh um, you can just search for Nora Young and then you will see me Okay, yeah. N-O-R-A-H-Y-A-N-G. Yes, exactly. Cool, thank you so much. Yay, thank you. I'm so 
excited for our next guest. She's from the Bay Area, which is my where I grew up. So I'm really excited, and I met her out there. She's super funny. Uh, we met actually we met at the Women in Comedy Festival, but then I've done your show in the Bay Area, and now she's here at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. It's Allison Mick. Woo woo! Hi, everybody. What's up? How are you today? Oh, I'm good. It's hot as balls out there. It's hot, yeah. And did you stay out late last night? No, okay, I good. had a Red Bull and vodka, and <laughs> I got in the lift to go to the tur- to the, uh, the party. party. And it was like on the way home. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm just really hungry. And then my Lyft driver and I got we became friends and got Whataburger. Oh my fun. god, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I st- I went for a little bit, but then I also had the same feeling of like tomorrow's gonna be a long day. I'm just gonna go home. Like, yeah, I saw the picture somebody posted, and I was like, "Oh, Teresa was there. That would have been fun." When was the picture? Oh, maybe there. I don't remember. It was posted at like two. Oh, I see. I think it was like it's weird because now I used to be the kind of person who like wanted to stay out late and be the last person, and it's just fun. And now it's not like that. It's not that I don't have fun. It's just that I know what's gonna happen. Like, if I I stay out, yeah, feel so bad tomorrow. And exactly. And I've done it so many times. It used to be like anything could happen, and now I'm like, there's three things that could happen. I could. (laughs) Maybe I could, you know, maybe have sex with someone or I could get really drunk or what I don't drink now. But so that's already out of the picture. Or I could, you know, like maybe meet a celebrity. I don't know. Like what are the three things or could get arrested. But like (laughs) it's like there aren't that many things. But it used to be like literally anything could happen. And then after you get through your 20s, you're just like, like, oh, done all the things. Yeah, (laughs) they're they're fine. And I also know I could go home and sleep and uh, watch uh, Wild Wild West, which is what I was on TV when I went. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a weirdly racist movie, but um I mean many Western. Yeah. But also <laughs> anyways, um really there, racist against giant spiders. Giant spiders, that's right. <laughs> that's a lot of uh, yeah. A lot of spiders. Uh Kenneth lot, Branagh. The Kenneth Branagh's in it. Um there's it's very kitschy. There's a, well, you know what? There's a, there's like the prostitutes and then there's like a weird weird Chinese prostitute lady who I was like, hmm, I don't like this character. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's Will Smith. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing about Westerns. There's something great, for everyone yeah, to not like. He makes great raps. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, I'm trying to transition. Speaking of not liking things and getting, <laughs> getting things off your chest, which was the rant that I just went on, is there something you would like to get off your chest? Yeah. Um, I'm a bisexual. I. I'm the. I was the last person to find out. But but bisexual, yes. bisexual. Okay, bisexual, bisexual. I'm trying to make it fun. I like it because I wasn't like, sure if it, that would meant something else. No, I'm just trying to make it fun instead of trans exclusive, okay. which it is. But also, I'm like, I don't want to say pansexual because like. Have you met those guys? Like, <laughs> yeah, Ariel and I were just talking about uh, the term sapiosexual, Fucking and I'm like, I just th- oh when I hear God. that, I just think about people putting it in their Tinder bios, and I'm like, Ugh. I like smart I just people. Love people's brains. Like, yeah, is there a term for like I like people who are good? I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's just like being like, I'm only with smart people. It's like, it's well, like that yeah. does that make you most better? People, no, it makes like, you annoying. Yeah, most people like. It's like most people like hot people. Most people like smart people. Most people like. All the things. And then, like people <laughs> with like really good qualities. Like that's yeah. just my kink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But so is this a new thing for you? Yeah. I uh people have been calling me gay since I was a little kid. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, in I'm a not. derogatory way. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I thought I was like, no, I'm not gay, I'm just tall. Like, <laughs> that's a, a lot of people joke. I would say like <laughs> I'd be like, why what makes you think that? And they're like, I don't know, you're like tall. <laughs> Did you grow up in the Bay Area? No, I'm from uh, Western New York, Rochester. So it's like not the wokest part of the country. Uh huh. But like everyone's super nice, but also there's like a big like, it's still New York State. So there's a lot of like ball busting that goes on as part of friendship. And I. Yeah, yeah. just talk close to the mic. Sure. Cool. And I just like. I don't know. I've been called gay so much. Sure, it felt as, like, a like a derogatory thing, thing. Mm-hmm. and I knew I like wasn't entirely because I'm like, oh, but I like boys. I don't know what's happening, but also like, girls are so pretty. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they are, they are, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, this is something I'm gonna come to terms with because, and like, I didn't come to terms with it until I got into like a serious long term relationship with a man. Uh-huh. But having i guess having him there was also like okay. like a little bit of an anchor yeah because he was like you get really weird around pride uh, <laughs> month. and i'm like 
yeah I know it's just like it's not for me and like I'm just trying to be a good ally so I like work these parties and like da 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 and I realized like the excuses I was coming up with were so just like I felt after I realized that I'm like oh that's what's happening like afterwards I'm like oh I sound like every single person that they come out and everyone's like yeah we knew (laughs) a lot of um, my friends who are bi who are women also uh, found out a lot later in their life like some in their late 20s I mean I have friends who got into relationships in their 30s with women and all their lives they thought they were straight so I think it's pretty normal to like have that journey but it's also just like you can't grow up in western society where Mm -hmm. like the way that you view things is through the male gaze without yeah. coming out of it a little gay sure and like I think this people always think like they look at supermodels and I'm like and there's like Victoria's Secret models who are gay and I think a lot more of them are too talk about Carly Kloss and uh, Taylor Swift oh oh, are they a thing um I'm a conspiracy theorist about uh, maybe I'm a, I'm a Taylor a, truther oh yeah that's interesting Taylor definitely has like a thing for them but I feel like she does it more as a like a collective thing yeah I kind of feel like it's like when the yeah a little bit like the mean girl wanting to keep tabs because she's a little jealous but I could see Carly being gay I think a lot of Victoria's Secret models are gay or hot girls are gay because well when you especially models when you spend so much time caring about your looks and needing to like be this perfect body and um and caring about how your you whole look, sense of like worth as yourself of yourself as a person and also of other people so yeah. you have to like recognize but you also the start aesthetic. to appre- uh, you start to appreciate it and you and the hottest people are the other models even though yeah. you're being told you're for men like think about the men they meet probably oh, a bunch of disgusting men like older yeah. gross like not that old is bad but just like these young gross is bad these young teenagers are probably being like like 17 and they're like go to this party with all these like eye bankers and they're all like and i was in connecticut like yeah and then meanwhile it's like oh these other hot girls i work with who are sweet and hot like me we all get it together and like just fuck each other yeah it's like that is is exactly what's happening even though it's like thing with like carly (laughs) claus and taylor swift i like can't imagine them having sex because like they're both so bony ah like taylor doesn't do it for me but that's because her personality sucks yeah she is awful Okay, so, I mean, this is, um, how recent did you come out to yourself? June, so. Oh, this year. Two months ago. And you haven't told, um, your I've boyfriend? told, like, I've told my boyfriend, okay. I, he was the first person I told, because it's like, hey, so, because last year I was kind of like, okay, so I think I'm attracted to girls, but I think I'm just attracted to pretty people. Yeah. I thought that was like my thing. I'm like, I just like uh, you're just your very thing. refined you're the aesthetic only one sensibility in the world that I just like love. <laughs> like I was an art major, so I like get it. <laughs> I think that is um very normal mindset to go, or yeah. uh, thought process to go to because that I, I I came out to myself in college, but that was a very similar journey for me. Yeah, it was just like questioning since I was 15. Just like, mm-hmm. am I? No. And Did then, you ever like, have like kind of mini relationships with women? You know, like maybe non-sexual, but like you were like we were looking back, kind of into each other. I think that's all my friendships with everyone <laughs> get very like emotionally intense right away. Uh huh. Because like I'm used to being like the drunk girl oversharing at a party. That's sure. like kind of how I got into stand up was just like, <laughs> oh, Allison, tell that story about that crazy thing you did at like parties. And then I was like, I like doing this and then keep going. But I just, it's weird. So you, like, cause you're in a relationship. So you came out while you're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, which is to fine. The surprise but it's of no one but myself. <laughs> but it's also an interesting, cause it makes me wonder like, <clears throat> obviously once you've come out to yourself and the world, it's like, it, does open up like your perception of like oh what what the options are right yeah it's like oh this feels very normal of just Mm -hmm. like oh we're all just like and like I feel bad for I have like alpha gay friends Mm -hmm. like comedian Irene too who's very funny oh what up Irene hi Irene she should do this podcast she should she's great but she was just like I'm tired of everyone being millennials and being like oh everyone's kind of gay now (laughs) it's like it takes away she feels like it takes away (gasps) from like real gays that's funny and I feel bad about that because I didn't want to be like oh I'm just like kind of like millennial wishy-washy gay where I'm just like oh, I just think people are pretty and then it's uh, it's something I'm still kind of dealing but with but you're entitled to feel how you feel she's entitled to feel how she feels because yeah. it's like if you've grown up 
She's kind of a grumpy old man about a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. and also jokes, you know. But like, if you've grown up in a time when it was maybe harder to be gay, yeah. uh, and to be out, I could understand being frustrated. But also, it's great that it's easier now, and more people are coming out. So that's yeah. also great. So it's like at this point, things the are like great. coming out thing just feels embarrassing that it took me so <laughs> long because <laughs> I was like two years ago I'm like oh I'm just like especially at like the Boston Women in Comedy Festival we're like like 75% yeah. lesbians uh-huh. and I was just like oh they all think I'm so fun like they, they all think I'm gay it's crazy like why would they think that and I'm like <laughs> maybe I'm just like a non-straight passing straight person <laughs> and was coming up with all these like weird names for it but then I was just like oh okay there's also, Everyone knows. There's also a lot of bi erasure, and it t- was, took yes. me a while to label myself as bi, too, because I think I didn't identify with the media perception of bisexuality, which was, like, t- tend to be more male gazy and a lot of, like, partying. Oh, I'm just going to kiss a girl at a party. Yeah, like, which is not me, because um, I'm much more like, I need to be in an emotional, emotional relationship, <laughs> and I'm committed. But, um, but I think all that is starting to change, and I think that's why yeah. it's important to come out, because then people see, like, oh, there's different types of Especially, it's like, gay. 70% of teens now yeah. are like, yeah, we're all pretty much a little gay, and, like, yeah. like oh, you woke teens, just, like, get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the next next level of evolution is just non-discrimination for any everyone being so just yeah and kind of in the middle liking everybody being all kinds of different races it's right it's like like, i think about like computers when it used to be like the floppy disk you could only use for macs if they were macs yeah you could only use for windows if they're windows and now you've got usbs usb plug into any fucking computer you want so it's like we're evolving universal sexuality (laughs) boners our parts can plug into whatever we want okay yeah. Caitlin Gill has a really amazing joke about it oh, that was yeah. also oh is it similar I don't want to take her joke oh no, no it's just like some people like to eat pies some people like to eat hot dogs like whatever it is like it's huh. all good just stick your face in it like, yeah that's funny that's great it's I'm butchering her joke but she's an amazing <laughs> comedian but I just like it's just weird Sure, I mean, it seems like it's still an ongoing process. It's still so new, and also just because, like, I was, like, telling jokes about, like, my grandma calling me gay. (laughs) And she's like, if you're gay, it's okay. And I was like, if you're gay, it's okay. And then she freaked out and was like, I'm not gay. And I'm like, yeah, me neither, (laughs) bitch. Like, we got in this huge fight about it. And then, like, I told my mom when I came out as bi, and she's like, oh, okay, so your grandma was half right. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to wait till she dies, though. Because, like, funny. she and I have this very, like, antagonistic relationship around, like, mm. my weird sexual, around my sexuality. Because I brought my boyfriend home for Christmas, and he was sick the first day, so he didn't come to brunch with us. And she's like, I knew you made him up. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. She a real bitch. Rude. No. Yeah. She's not going to hear this because she calls <laughs> computers the devil box. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's a pretty big confession. It fit like I was. Are you like, going to oh, talk I don't about know what it I'm on gonna stage? Confess about. Yeah, it's. I'm working on yeah, like bits around it. I think it's good to it. figure it out on your own before you talk about it on stage. Although I will say I came out on stage before I came out to myself. Because really? I started to, like, it kind of like a slow process. Because, you know, with comedy, you kind of push the boundaries of what you think are real. So yeah. I, I would like, Pull Sometimes a your mouth says something before yeah, your brain accepts them. Exactly, it'd be like a feeling. It'd be like, haha, this, and then I'm like, wait a minute, but this is my truth. And then eventually, yeah. I was like, oh, if I'm uh, making out with girls, <laughs> probably into girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I've never acted on it, but it's just like, and like at this point, I don't think I will because I feel like I'm gonna be with my boyfriend forever. Yeah. But like, I'm just like, oh, just like saying it makes me feel yeah. a lot better about like oh okay like things are it's all a thing yeah it's all a thing and, yeah. and and you know if you decide you're pan or something else like that's also a thing whatever you are yeah. you are I think it's okay to look for your identity because I went for, I for a while thought I was gay and then I was like nope I fell in love with a man so I must yeah. be straight again and then I was like you know what I'm just bi yeah you can just be <laughs> all this like most of the LGBT community sure. is bisexual of some yeah, kind exactly because it's so like reductive to just cut yourself off and be like this is the this only is thing me. yeah and i know so many lesbians that were like falling in love with men now and i'm like yeah, yeah. men are so bad that when you find a good <laughs> one, you're just like oh wow okay this changes things a little bit yeah, standards i still hate low. all men i love this one <laughs> <laughs> well i'm really glad to be part of your journey um thank really you. appreciate you sharing that with me thank you for having me i'm so psyched and people can find you on social media at at Allison underscore Mick on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you. Bye.
Our next guest is also a performer at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. I just met him here. He's so funny. He's one of the co-hosts of the Extra Salty Podcast and self-published an album that was number two on the iTunes comedy chart. It's Kai Krebs. Hello. What's up? You have this very soothing voice. Thank you. Everyone, everyone, like, I, anytime I hear my voice on, like, uh, video or recording or anything, I feel like mm-hmm. I sound really annoying, but then other people tell me that I have a good radio voice. And it is. I, it's, like, smooth. It's, like, one of those things that's, like, you always hate the sound of your own voice, and then, like, you hear it enough times that you're, like, maybe it's not <laughs> awful. <laughs> It is not awful, trust me. Um, but, uh, okay, let's get right into it. Sure. Is there something you would like to tell me, Kai? Uh, yeah, and this this is going to be a weird one. Like, it's not, because it's going to sound like trauma, but it wasn't that traumatizing, okay? okay. Oh, boy. Uh, whenever I was in high school, uh-huh. uh, during my senior year of high school, I was in one of those programs where, like, when you only have two classes left, you take the two classes and you work for the rest of the day because, you know, the American machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I worked at my uncle's funeral home. So my first job was working at a funeral home. And while I was working there at 16 years old, I was uh, sexually harassed on a regular basis by one of my coworkers. Oh, man, that's dark. Yeah, it's, it's a dark one, but it... The way that he did it was honestly looking back on it kind of funny because he could have he could have like I don't know like really gone for it and like really tried to make himself oh. sound better but like the ways that he tried to like do it were just sad. I'm sorry that you went through that especially at a young age. I think it's it was it was awful to have to deal with stuff like that even um, any time in your life but as a young person it's like especially terrible when people take advantage of your yeah. young age. Luckily nothing ever happened. Like I just had Mm -hmm. to put up with like like a like a weird older gay man's sexual advances because but like the thing that was so frustrating about it is like I was trying to be like chill about the fact that I was gay still and Uh just the fact that he was just like I see you was like so frustrating Uh because I was just like shut up don't tell anyone this is shut up (laughs) but like it was one of those things where it was like it was a really complicated situation because my uncle was the funeral director which he was the one who helped me get the job and then he was doing that thing but then if I didn't have the job it meant I would have to go to school the whole day so there were like all these weird things going on so I just kind of kept it to myself Uh uh-huh but like how old was this man well I was 16 and he he had gray hair I don't know how old he was I would guess mid 50s at the time too old to be sexually harassing I mean yeah any age is too old too far of a gap you shouldn't be sexually harassing ever but like ever think you know better when you're an old person but like the way that he would do it honestly would be like kind of funny because it's like he, I, I feel like he also knew that nothing was ever going to happen but he was just like throwing the line out there but you know if like nothing's going to happen like mm. you know, why, not, why not lie and make it sound a little bit better like because he'd be mm. like he would just like start having a conversation then he'd be like yeah 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 no anyway it's about a it's about a I don't know I'd say four and a half five inches and just you know I mean just and it like and I'd be like oh honey uh, at least so he's talking about his dick yeah like he, it would just come up randomly in conversation like while we had a dead body in the back oh of the car <laughs> yikes I, I'd be like out of all of the things that are going on right now really you're just <laughs> like I'm bored I don't want to talk to you I'd be like also like it, if you're gonna go for it, like I don't know, lie a little bit. Like you, you're like you giving have the him opportunity notes about to lie. a sexual yeah. harassment. You're like, um, do you mind if I just give you some notes? Yeah, I'm like flipping through a notebook. I'm like, I have notes. Like, not that this, not that I will. You know, I'm not gonna green light this, but you know, if I were to even consider it, you really gotta change your script. Like, it's like not doing it for me. I was just like, I can tell that you're late enough in life that you're probably not gonna change your tone. So let's, uh, I don't know, let's workshop this. <laughs> I want consulting credit on your sexual harassment. Oh God, that would be terrible. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like <laughs> just like tagging my Twitter handle like at the oh, end no. of like his creepy sentiments. Ay, ay, ay. Um, it was most or always verbal. Verbal. It was always verbal. Yeah. It was uh, it, it, he would just he would always find a way to slip that weird thing in conversation Ugh. and I mean I was like a young kid growing up in Louisiana so like I Mm-hmm. I like I had no idea like of like the vast like perspective that was going to end up happening like sure. with stuff like the Me Too movement and mm-hmm. like just generally like calling out 
people being shitty about that right. sort of stuff. Like I was in a small town of like 20, 30,000 people. Like I, I just did not have like the worldview to really know how to tackle that at all. So I just didn't yeah. say anything. And a lot of people now still don't. I think you kind of, when you're in a position like that, you freeze up and you almost feel like you don't want to take up space. You're like, somehow it's like, Oh, I don't want to make things weird because do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, I don't know if that was how you felt, but I think, um, I think oftentimes when people get sexually harassed, you're, you almost are like, now I, now I have to be in the middle of this and I don't want to be in well, it. Yeah, because yeah. it's a situation that already like sucks and feels yeah. super weird. And you like a lot of the times, like unless it's happening later to you in life, like you don't really know how to navigate it. And then you're like, if I tell someone about it or, or blow up about it, that's just going to make how I feel probably even worse and weirder right. and make the situation that much worse than it already is. Yeah. But just by, by like kind of sloughing it off your shoulders, like you can kind of just let it be done you want to be feel normal and you're it's upsetting to feel like oh now i have like i don't want to let this person make me feel weird so and if i want to continue on feeling normal then i'm gonna just have to act like this is normal yeah well i mean yeah because you tell yourself that you'll feel normal if you just ignore it and let it be but a lot of the times you don't realize that you tend to carry that shit with you for a little while until you like you're able to process it Mm -hmm. because now looking back on it i'm just like he was shitty but also he Maybe doing it to other people it. though. If he's this, like, this kind of guy, like he, yeah, he'd just be like, I mean, you know, like I just, I'm really like into like missionary and stuff like that. And I'd be you like, just oh. say that, yeah, like, and he'd be like, oh, honey, was he an out gay man? The thing is, is like he kind of wasn't really like around the funeral. He was because there were only like five of us, mm-hmm. but like for the most part, like I think in the rest of his life, he kind of really wasn't. Like I think that he also like had a partner, but I mean, like we were also in small town Louisiana, mm-hmm. so it's like a lot of the times you just like played that stuff closer to your chest and the other thing is like I don't know if he was just like looking for like another person that was like a mm. gay person a small town to confide to no that's giving him too much credit that's giving him too no, much credit he was talking explicitly sexual it was very stuff. it was very yeah. explicitly sexual it's like see still have a tendency to do it but yeah because you want to believe the best in people <laughs> don't make excuses um so you kept this to yourself and you never told your uncle never or anybody nope um and but so did you stand up to him at any point no I really didn't like uh, I just I just started avoiding him like anytime that he was working I would just make sure that I was always occupying myself with something going on in like some other part of the building like I just avoided him like rather than confronting it or saying anything about it just I was like, well, I I know that it's something that's going to happen every now and then. So then whenever they'd be like, oh, well, we need to go, you know, to the morgue. Can you go with, you know, him? I'd be like, "Mm -mm." Mm. I'd be like, I gotta, I'm so busy. It's my, I'm on break. How did it eventually resolve or did it? It didn't. It didn't. I just eventually stopped working at the funeral home. Like, and and he kept working there. He kept working there. I stopped. I stopped because then I graduated high school and went to college and got a different job. Like, so it just. I don't know, just parted ways. <laughs> wow. Never resolved itself. I mean, that's a lot to deal with at that at that age and any age, but yeah, I mean, is that something you've thought about as you got older? Like how you would have handled differently or do you sometimes think like, oh, I want to say this to him or something? I think, I think because I was like in small town and was like kind of keeping my identity to myself for the most part, it wasn't like one of those things that I felt like super comfortable tackling because it also meant kind of throwing myself out there Mm -hmm. because I I felt like there would be no way to like talk about it without my identity becoming part of the conversation so I like it was just like a series of things that I wasn't like ready to deal with yet so I was just like Mm -hmm. later but you think he was because it I mean in a way yes because he maybe recognized or thought you were gay but also that him harassing you doesn't have to do with your identity because like he could be harassing a straight boy or something but I felt like I would have been too frustrated in how I would have you felt like he was kind of like using that as a power over you 100% 100% yeah it was weird and it, it was the fucked up part is that like we were surrounded by corpses the entire time that it was oh happening God. and he was just like I don't know I think I'm ready to fuck and be like you're a weirdo aye, aye, aye. you're a deep weirdo <laughs> um, did he ever get physical with you no no thank God yeah, I think I think if he would have gotten physical, that would have been my breaking point. Yeah, because I was furious about it the entire time that it was happening, but like keeping it to myself. If it would have like graduated anything beyond words, I think I probably would have flipped shit. Of course, I mean, yeah, and that's 
terrible. Um, did you, so when did you come out? You didn't. You weren't out in high school. I I was out in high school, but mostly to like the people that I trusted and like okay. friends. And it was one of those things that like I came out to a couple people, and then it did like spread very quickly. But I think that I I got off on a lot of negative treatment because like I was funny, so people mm-hmm. liked me. Um, and it was one of those things that I kind of distance myself from the gay community a little bit because sure. of, like like I said all those all those other things were going on during that time so I was kind of just like compartmentalizing that mm-hmm. part of myself to a degree yeah so mm-mm. man well is there something you would say to him now if you could yeah like, fuck you there you go <laughs> and uh, yeah well I feel like that's the, I, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like there's so much more this is like such a heavy I, I, yeah, thing I that I'm like oh, this could be a whole episode that's how I felt about a lot of these stories but um, <laughs> I do want to end on a, a good note do you have a good confession you'd like to confess uh, a good confession sometimes I start with those that. with the guests but I feel like we'll flip it this time okay it's not a, it's not a good one but it's a funny one that I think that like a lot of people can relate <laughs> oh, to. So uh, for part of Out of Bounds Comedy Festival, yeah. where uh, me and my co-host for Extra Salty Jasmine Ellis were interviewing Jeannie Asheray, uh-huh. and uh, I went to an open mic with her in Boston at Women in Comedy Festival after okay. her show, and I was like, we were there with like kind of a group of people who went out after her show, and while we were there, I was trying to take a photo of her on my phone, uh-huh. and it was such a small bar, and then the flash went off, and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, and now tomorrow I have to sit down and be like, I sincerely hope you don't remember that. <laughs> I doubt she remembers that. Oh, Couldn't I'm have sh- been taking a picture of anything. Maybe the you liked the setup of the bar yeah I I stool is probably great stools it's just real hard to get Christmas lights hung in a way Mm -hmm. that's just like really like that aesthetic totally (laughs) well I'm sure it's fine and if anything it's something endearing that you know we've all tried we've all tried to sneak a little photo of someone we think is cool well just remember if you're mostly I'm taking pictures of dogs but you know Dogs, I feel like they're always dogs judging, and judging people me. I'm on shows with. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, kids, check the flash. I bet if you asked her to take a picture, she'd take it with oh, you. Oh, 100%. She's so nice. She's so, <laughs> so nice. Like, she's one of the nicest people that I, I've ever when met. When you do your podcast, you should say, we're going to take a picture for the podcast. Oh, we, we always do. Then so. you'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for um, confessing that. Yeah, Both of those ha- confessions. Thanks for having me. Uh, and Where can people find you? Uh, if you want to check me out on social media, it's Kai Krebs across the board. That's K-Y-K-R-E-B-S, uh, KaiKrebs.com, or, you know, check out my album, or Extra Salty. It's on all the major podcast apps. I'm awesome. all over the place. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.